Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Yo, 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 what's going on, Packer fans? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. The podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And I am joined, as always, with my two good buddies, Scott the Vanilla Gorilla and Tyler, a.k.a. T Plush. You can find Scott on Twitter at Vanilla7Gorilla. And you can find Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. So, you guys, the Packers lost their first game. Um, obviously, if you're listening Fuck. to this, I hope you know that. Um, and we touched on that last Friday right after the game. Um, Tyler and I talked about that. So make sure you check that out if you haven't. Um and if you have, we are going to touch a little bit on that game, kind of now that we've gotten to take a step back and think more about the game. We're each going to have one takeaway from last week. And then we're going to get into the Cowboys preview. We're going to talk about one thing the Packers need to do in order to win this game. And then we're going to talk some stats about the Cowboys and the Packers. So, boys, how are you guys doing this evening? I am splendid, got a spot of cow in my hand, and I am ready to talk Packers football. <laughs> I'm doing good. Bucks had media to- day today, so it's NBA season. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> and no mention of the Brewers being in the postseason. Fuck you, Scott. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Baseball is fun, Scott. <laughs> yep, I, thought, I forgot there's... 500 games in a baseball season. <laughs> 162. <laughs> All right, let's get into what happened last week. Again, we're going to do one takeaway that we had from last week. Tyler, why don't you start us off? Yay. All right, I'll start, and I'm going to focus on the red zone offense for the Packers. <clears throat> I obviously knew they had a lot of trips to the red zone watching the game, but I didn't realize all their points were scored in the red zone. So they had a total of seven trips. I ended up with three touchdowns, two field goals, a turnover on downs, and then interception um, all in the red zone. So they ran a total of 20 plays. And the interesting part comes in in the fact that they had 16 pass attempts to four rushes, um, which is a little bit skewed. Um, And actually a fun fact is uh, Aaron Rodgers' 16 red zone pass attempts was second most to Peyton Manning, who last did it in 2013, um, and he had 17. So 
little fun knowledge there for you. But Rodgers in the red zone ends up going 5 of 16, which is not very efficient at all. Obviously has the two touchdowns and one interception. He targeted Devontae Adams four times, uh, Jimmy Graham four times, MVS twice, Robert Tanyan once, Vitaly once, and then he had uh, one throwaway, which was to nobody. He had a spike to stop the clock, and then there was a pass interference call that Lazard drew. Um, so I think the the splits are a little interesting. I think Devontae Adams' target rate could have been up a little higher had he been in at the end of the game. Um, but obviously he wasn't, and that's something to monitor for this week. As for the rushing attempts, Aaron Jones had three of the carries, picked up 10 yards, <coughs> excuse me, and had that one rushing touchdown, that little three-yard scamper, and then had Vitaly had one attempt for three yards. So as much as I go back and think, oh, you know, this the defense, and I blame the defense on our initial reaction podcast, lost the game for the Packers, you know, because the offense stepped up, but... You know, in the end, ultimately the Packers' defense technically did enough to win if a few more things go the Packers' way in the red zone. And I know everyone will look at the sequence of four straight passes from first and goal from the one, second and goal from the one, etc., and how they turned the ball over there. But, you know, if just the execution becomes a little bit more crisper, um, the Packers put up a few more points and then they walk out victorious. So... I think that's something that Packers need to definitely improve upon if they want any chance of winning this upcoming week. Good points. Good points. Um, so my takeaway seems like it's probably pretty obvious, but just how thin our offense is. So um, obviously we lost Jamal Williams really early in the game, um, but as far as rushing, Aaron Rodgers led the team in rushing with 46 yards. Then Aaron Jones had 21 yards on 13 attempts for an average of 1.6 yards. Um, I know we usually expect more out of Aaron Jones, but it just wasn't a good day for him. I don't know how effective he will be if Jamal Williams is going to be out for a while when we don't really have rushers behind him um as far as receiving of course we have arguably best receiver in the league in Devonte adams who went for a career high 180 yards and then we had jimmy graham was next 61 yards with nine targets um but we did have some people step up in the receiving game as far as Jimmy Graham obviously was a no-show for the last year and a half but he's finally picking it up last game Geronimo Allison had some timely catches MVS um, three receptions on seven targets Aaron Jones did pretty good in receiving but then you got like Mercedes Lewis Danny Vitale Robert Tanyan um <clears throat> We were really exposed once Devontae was out. You could tell we could have really used him to end that game if we had him in. I think we at least forced overtime. But um, we were talking about it all training camp, about how the wide receiver battle would be and running back battle and all that. But the reality is, is we're thin outside of the top one or two guys in each position 
There's not a whole ton of talent down there at this point. Mm. So I I agree with you, Scott, but I also disagree with you. I think there is talent. Um, and for me, that's no question. There's a bunch of talent on this team from 1 to 53. It's just they're not like proven talent. They're not able to produce every yeah. week. That is the issue yes. I'm seeing, not the lack of talent. Yep, that's why I added the yet, because they are talented players, and I do like them. It's just they're, they haven't shown it yet, and um, I, I just don't think they're at that level yet, where the last several years, uh, outside of Devontae or Jordy for that matter, we just haven't had the receivers able to either create the space or get away from their defender or whatever that Rodgers might need, you know? Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think you're right. But also I think part of it needs to be the scheme and how you use the players. Like, use Darius Shepard as a slot guy who's going to be running your slants, who's going to be doing that kind of type of thing, um, and use MVS as your deep threat. Use Jimmy in third and short third and medium um on passing downs in the red zone just i feel like if you're using your players correctly that would be a a very good thing and that would help out those players but when you're using gmo as on bubble screens to the wide receiver like that doesn't make sense to me that's not his game he's a possession receiver he's not a run after the catch type of guy so that just doesn't make sense um I know his end around was fairly decent, but that type of play just doesn't make sense for him. That's not the type of player he is. If you're running that for someone, that should be Devante, MVS, or uh, Shep. Like Those are the guys that should be running those types of plays. So I think that is part of Matt LaFleur's learning process. And down the stretch in this game, Devante getting hurt really hurt them, I think, because you guys are right. They would have at least tied this game if Devontae Adams were, was in the game. Because if they would have done four passes to, Dev- to Devontae Adams, they would have scored. They would have scored. There's no question. And no one would have been upset about it. Um, one thing about that four consecutive passes, they did run a run-pass option. And Aaron Rodgers didn't give it to the running back. And also, he thought he could score. I think it looked like he thought he would be able to run it in. So it was really an RRPO, and the Eagles give him credit. They played that play extremely well, and then Jimmy just kind of stopped, and I wasn't really sure what he was doing. If he would have ran a route, especially a fade, um, I feel like that would have been a decent play, but it didn't work out, but it wasn't – like they didn't have a run play in there. They did. It was an RPO. Um, it just didn't work out. But my one takeaway was fans really overreacted to this one. And yes, the defense was bad. Yes, the red zone offense definitely was not good. Um, Tyler, you said two touch, three touchdowns in the red zone, two field goals. Um, let me double check here. It was, yeah, three touchdowns, two field goals. Yeah, and then two possessions where you turn it over. That is bad red zone offense. The defense was not good. 
and especially against the run. And if you listen to the podcast on Friday morning, you know that I think the run is what beat us and not Carson Wentz. <laughs> Scott, um, but very debatable. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think this team did not play well, especially defensively, and the offense was great until they got in the red zone, especially later in the game. And that might be a credit to Philly's defense, but also you need to punch the ball in in those situations, especially late in the fourth when you're down a touchdown. You need to. Um, so that was it was frustrating, but I felt like some of the stuff I saw online um, – listen to a different podcast and listen to fans communicating with some media members and stuff like that. It just seemed like everyone was overreacting. This is still a first place team three and one. Let's be honest. If you were going coming out of week four, you would have been happy with three and one. You probably would have thought it would have been a loss to the bears in week one, but they won that game and they lost this one, but three and one is still three and one. That's a very good record. You're still looking very good if you can clean up the mistakes from last week, and that's the big thing. Um, so I think we spent way too much time on last week. So let's move ahead to this week and what the Packers need to do to be able to win this game. Um, so, Scott, I want to turn this over to you uh, first since Tyler got the first one last time. All right, so uh, I think this one's kind of obvious. The big thing to do is contain... Zeke. Um, <clears throat> currently, the Packers are 29th in rushing yards allowed per game and 27th in yards per carried allowed at five yards per carried. Um, and I think it doesn't really come as a surprise that their pass defense is pretty much the opposite. They're number three in yards allowed per game at 188 and fifth in opposing quarterback rating at 73.2. Now, we've faced Kirk Cousins. We've faced Mitch Trubisky. We've we've played Joe Flacco and Carson Wentz. So none of those guys really had stellar games against us. And we know that our passing defense is great. We have the great pass rush, and we've got good secondary players. Um... What it seems like to me, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but teams running it up the gut, they just break off for big plays. And seeing that five yards per carry, that seems about right. It's like, oh, first down, they run the ball, and they're already almost at the first down. So um, I think that those numbers for our rush defense is kind of alarming when we are going up against arguably the best running back in the league right now. Um, I'm not really worried about Dak Prescott, but we got to figure out something on our rush, rush defense, and we got to figure it out fast. Yeah, Scott, Scott is absolutely right, kind of branching off of that. I mean, we saw the Saints last week. They shut Zeke down on Sunday night football. He only averaged 1.9 yards per carry on 18 attempts. And uh, first-year play caller Kellen Moore for the Cowboys is kind of getting a lot of crap right now because 
uh, earlier on in the season, the first couple weeks on first and second down, the Cowboys were throwing the ball close to 65% of the time. And then versus the Saints, they were more split uh, 50% on first and second down, which obviously resulted in a lot of runs <laughs> um, going on. And it just it wasn't working. There was no creativity. Um, a lot of the runs were just, you know, in between the tackles, which Scott said kind of seems like is a problem this year. So that's a little concerning. Um, but and and Tyler, sorry, I just wanted to get one last thing in. Um, Pro Football Focus has the Dallas Cowboys offensive line ranked number one in the league. So that combination of their line plus their running back that could spell big problems for the Packers this week. It could, yeah. and it seems like the the Packers are going to catch a break because Tyrone Smith, the left tackle for the Cowboys, is going to be out this game, it sounds like, with a high ankle sprain, so we at least have that going for us. But, I mean, yeah, the uh, Trevor's going to talk about this later, but the Cowboys' offense is one of the best in the league. I mean, when you can get like almost 200 rushing yards a game and then throw in 200 to 250 from Dak Prescott through the air, that's almost 500 yards right there easily um so granted they haven't played the biggest competition but yeah containing zeke will definitely be a big problem and kind of stemming off of that i think one way the packers uh can win this game on sunday is by winning the time of possession battle it really made a difference in the cowboys game versus the saints the saints held the ball for 36 minutes compared to the cowboys 24 so that's an extra 12 minutes. That's almost an entire quarter where the uh, Cowboys offense is just sitting there, not doing anything. Um, obviously, it doesn't really bode well because we know the Packers are terrible on third down, which is something that they're going to have to improve upon. And the Cowboys defense is tremendous. They're only allowing uh, first downs 26% of the time on third down attempts. So we got our work cut out for us, but if we can keep Zeke and Prescott and their offense on the sidelines throughout the game and kind of make them change the way they play a little bit, I think that will bode well to the Packers' advantage. Yeah. Um, those are all good points, and I agree. We need to stop Zeke, and we need to keep the offense out on the field longer, wear that defense down, um, and kind of win that way. Have your defense rested. The more rested they are, the better chance that you're going to see Zadarius and Preston play better than they did against the Eagles. And the better chance you're going to see Kevin King, Jair Alexander, um, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage. You're going to see all those guys play better if they're well-rested. Um, if you're turning the ball over and or having a lot of three and outs, that's going to make it really tough for your defense and you're not going to win this game because then they can just hand the ball to Zeke and the Packers haven't proven that they can stop the run. Um, so I feel like both of those are extremely important. But one thing I want to talk about, and I know Scott kind of brushed off Dak Prescott, he isn't Dak Prescott of previous years. Dak has been really, really good in this young season. I know it's only four weeks in, um, but he has been very, very good. And these numbers are through three weeks, um, but just so you know, um, this is quarterback rating, not passer rating. 
Um, so the numbers are a little bit lower, but Dak Prescott ranked number one in the NFL. Um, for DVOA, and I'm going to get more into this because I want to look at the team's statistics in DVOA, he's ranked number one. Um, he's got a completion percentage, 74.5%. He has been very, very, very good. Um, only two interceptions, nine touchdowns, not fabulous in those two numbers, but the rest of it is very good, and he has been very good this year. Um, it'll be interesting to see Football Outsiders updates these numbers um, weekly. It looks like on every Tuesday, that's when these numbers were updated last Tuesday because they want to wait for the Monday night game, and we're recording this on Monday night, so we don't have the week four numbers and Dak Prescott and the this offense was not great <laughs> they only scored 10 points against the Saints but he has been good so I feel like it needs to be a very complete game you need to stop Zeke early and often but also you need to be able to stop Dak and I have more confidence in being able to stop Dak because we have a good secondary those players have been playing extremely well, especially the top two corners and Kevin King and Jair Alexander, and then the safeties have been playing well. So I have more confidence there. So I do agree with Scott in that we need to try to contain Zeke as much as we can, but also Dak Prescott hasn't been Dak Prescott of previous years. So that's something to keep in mind for that. Um, so... We're going to move in and talk a little bit about stats. Did you guys have any more stats, or did you guys talk about it in this last segment? Um, oh, go ahead, Scott. Pretty much covered, I pretty much covered mine um, as far as rankings against the rush. Uh, I got a few more stats that I think are kind of noticeable when you're comparing the Packers and the Cowboys' defenses together. Um, and again, these advanced stats are including uh, week fours for what Trevor just mentioned. Um, but the Cowboys have 44 pressures on the year through the first three weeks, and the Packers have 46. So uh, both defenses really know how to dial up pressure. Um, and you know, obviously look at the Cowboys defense that's led by guys like Robert Quinn, Demarcus Lawrence, Malik Collins. Um, so you know, granted, this defense hasn't really played anyone. Uh, very this this year because they played like the Redskins, the Giants, um, and the Teddy Bridgewater led Saints. Um, but that I think that's irrelevant when you compare to how how much they're getting after the quarterback. Um, and then sack wise, the Packers hold the advantage, twelve sacks to ten. Um, so I, this game very much could turn into a defensive slugfest. It it could be ugly. Um, but I think Trevor might dive a little bit into that as well. <laughs> yeah. So. I mentioned Dak Prescott's DVOA, and DVOA is defense adjusted value over average. Um, and I'm going to explain this a little bit because I feel like me just spitting off these numbers isn't going to give you much, and I want to make you smarter fans. So I'm going to explain it a little bit. Um, so bear with me through this. So basically, Football Outsiders came up with this statistic to try to put values on multiple different things. So they can do total team, um, 
or they can do special teams and defense and offense and kind of compare where they rank in the NFL. And basically what it does is it compares each play to league average, the baseline league average, um, based on every situation. So it's not just yardage. Say you get a five-yard run. It's not just like a yards per carry type thing. It really factors in a lot of things. So if you're getting five yards on first and 10, that's not going to be as much like weighted for DVOA. It's not going to give you as much points um, as if you were to get five yards on third and four because you getting a first down is more important than getting five yards on first down, if that makes sense. Um, And to kind of counteract that, if you get five yards on third and 12, that's less effective than five yards on first and 10. So you get it kind of balances all of that out. Um, red zone's always worth more than other plays, rightfully so, because that's when you should be scoring touchdowns. Um, and then also these numbers are adjusted for the quality of opponent. So the Cowboys playing the Redskins, the Giants, the Saints, not very good defenses. Um, that DVOA adjusts for that. And also the Packers playing very good defenses, the Bears, the Vikings, um, that's going to account for all of that. So they come up with a percentage. That's how it is listed. And basically average is zero. And so if your offense is 10%, that means you are 10% better than a completely average team. And if... That would be like on offense. So say a quarterback is negative 20%. That means he's 20% worse than an average quarterback in the NFL. Um, The only thing that gets kind of confusing is DVOA for defense is the opposite. So you would want a negative DVOA for defense. Um, So defenses are better when they're negative. So if you got a negative 20% for your defense that is actually your 20th your 20 percent better than what the average team is on defense so a little bit confusing there from offense to defense but I'm going to kind of dive into the Cowboys and the Packers in terms of DVOA and we're going to talk offense defense special teams and then overall or total DVA DVOA excuse me So first offense, we're going to start with the Cowboys. They are ranked first. Um, Excuse me. This is through three weeks. So their first three weeks, they were very effective. They were very good. And they were also playing kind of shit teams. So you would imagine they would be good. um, But they were even so good, even against bad defenses, that they are still ranked first in the NFL. Packers played some tough defenses. They're ranked 20th. And um, based on the eye test, I think that is 100% correct. They're a little bit below average. They're, I wouldn't consider them average through three weeks. Now, I think that's going to improve after the week four stats come in, which will be um, on Tuesday as you guys are listening to this. Hopefully, there will be new stats for Football Outsiders, but because we wanted to get everyone together for this, we had to do it Monday night. So that's why you get through week three stats but hopefully this will help picture the 
Packers and the Cowboys a little bit better for you. Let's move along to defense. Again, team defense, DVOA. Cowboys are ranked 14th, so pretty middle-of-the-pack defense for them. And the Packers ranked third, so very good defense. And this one was kind of interesting for me, at least, was how much of a discrepancy there is in terms of defensive DVOA through three weeks versus offense. So defense, the Packers are third at negative 27.5. Fourth is the Rams, and they're at negative 22.9. So that seems like a pretty big jump. Um, But the jumps to second and first are crazy. So San Francisco is in second at negative 42.2%. So that's a huge jump. And then Another huge jump to first place, New England, who has played absolute shit teams. Let's be completely honest there. Um, They are negative 61%, which is absolutely absurd. And that is is crazy. (laughs) Um, But again, that means New England is 61% better than an average team in the NFL, which is absolutely absurd. Um... Special teams, just going to touch on this just quickly. Packers are ranked 8th, Cowboys are ranked 10th, so both above average in terms of special teams. And that is huge improvements over Ron Zook-led special teams. Fuck you, Ron Zook. (laughs) Um, And total DVOA. So this is a combination of all of those above factors. And the Packers are ranked 10th, top 10 team, above average. That is playoff bound level stuff for the Packers and the Cowboys are fifth you know that's leading into conference title kind of territory with that so both teams have played well Cowboys have played a little bit better and it'll be interesting to see what these two teams are going to do come Sunday and it's going to be really interesting and It'll be also interesting to see how these numbers move. And I do want to bring these up. I know I kind of took a deep dive into it today, but I just feel like an upcoming podcast and preview podcast, I want to continue to give these numbers to you so you understand um, after watching games how these numbers are affected. So hopefully we'll be able to see some good offense and see that number continue to rise to above average, hopefully top 10. And hopefully we see the defense kind of stay in the top 10, because if that happens, this is going to be hopefully by the end of the year, you know, where the Cowboys are right now, because if they're able to be top 10 in both, that's going to get them there, I think. So just something to keep an eye on and something that I feel like our listeners should know, and it makes you a smarter listener. And it's something that you don't have to go out and search for. And you can just listen to the podcast and kind of know the information. So that's something I wanted to give to you guys. And I will continue to, it'll just be a little less in depth because hopefully you listen to this podcast and then you will understand more so what I'm talking about when I bring these numbers up in upcoming weeks. Well, guys, now that you're all so much smarter because of that information, we are going to move along to our predictions. So, Scott, why don't you go ahead and lead us off in your week five predictions against the Cowboys? Oh, all right. I get to start. Well, honestly, I'm going to say it's a very similar game to the Philadelphia game here. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say 
the game ends 35 to 31 with a Packers win. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Okay. That that's that's some good confidence there, Scott. I I am not as optimistic. I'm penciling this in as a loss already, to be honest. <laughs> um, I'm saying Packers lose 27-17. I mean, we saw last week we we if we can't stop the run and can't stop the pass, we lose. And I feel like that's going to be another recipe for disaster this week. And I'm kind of scared for the Cowboys' defense. So I think offense struggles. And yeah, that's a ten point loss in my book. Uh, can I hold on? Can I put an asterisk next to mine? No. Uh, sure. <laughs> that that totally hinges on the health of Devontae Adams, of course. I okay. I'll I don't give you think that he's gonna be out, but if he is out, I'm gonna say Packers score ten points. <laughs> wow, he's really hating on everyone outside of Devontae. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll I'll give you that one. I thought it was going to be like, well, if they just don't look good, I don't want to be held to this, but I'll give you that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> if they look like they're not going to win, then I'm going to change it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um so I I don't know. I this one I've been like contemplating is is it going to be offensive dominated or is the defense going to dominate in this one? Um, for both teams, really. And I feel like both teams' offenses could dominate. Both teams' defenses could dominate. So I'm kind of stuck in a between a rock and a hard place here. But I think I'm going to go kind of middle of the road, 27-24. <sighs> and it's going to be a Packers loss. Oh. oh, I'm the hater of the group. <laughs> well, normally you are, um, and I I do think the Packers could easily win this thirty eight to twenty four, and I think the Packers could lose this thirty eight to seventeen. Um, I just they might really win two to one. They're probably not going to win two to one, considering you can't score one point. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the Brewer score tomorrow, Scott. Come on. <laughs> no, I I would prefer nine to zero on the Brewers. True. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I I think they can win it. Obviously, I'm going to be cheering for them to win it. But last week really scared me. And I told you guys to stop overreacting. And I should probably stop overreacting. But that's I'm all I'm still in my feels. I mean, especially with the Packers, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And yeah, I I think they can do it. But I. Don't see a recipe for it until they show me they can stop the run. Um, and that's going to be the biggest thing I'm looking for, along with Scott. So that's going to be it for us. And make sure you guys are checking out our Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. I know before we recorded this that we were talking about giveaways. So make sure you keep your eyes out for those. Um, and check out the Fresh Take. And our podcasts are up there. I know they're doing a giveaway right now, I believe, for a gift card or something. Um, So make sure you're checking them out. They have good stuff out there all the time. I have been slacking hardcore on my articles, and I will try very hard to get back to that. Um, 
but you know, I'm kind of busy, so I'll try my best, but make sure you guys are checking them out. Make sure you're checking out the Brewers Trilogy podcast and the Brewers are in the playoffs, like we already mentioned, and hopefully they can get a win and actually get to a series and not the dumbass wild card that the MLB produces. And also check out the Bucks Trilogy podcast because Bucks Media Day was today and that means the season is right around the corner. So make sure you guys are checking that out. But until next week, after the Packers win, go Pack Go. Fuck you, Zeke. We love you, Jamal Williams. Get better, bud.